Hi there, viewers. All right. We've got Jack in the chat. Welcome, Jack. All right, mate. I can see you're already laying out the uh, the Wikipedia article of LA Confidential. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about LA Confidential. And I have Samir with me tonight. Hi, guys. Hi, Neil Paul. Having a good day? Yeah, it's been all right. It's been busy, as we briefly discussed earlier before we went live. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's enjoyable. You know, I'm busy in a full-time job, and I'm busy doing this. And um, yeah, it feels like it's going somewhere. Yeah, I'm very impressed with uh, the stuff you've been doing, and I'm um, enjoying the, doing some of the roughs as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to more, doing more of those, uh, really. And mm. uh, yeah, chuffed the way things are going, mate. Love the uh, also the branding and all the merchandise. Got it. You've got to do it, yeah. Got to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, tonight, LA Confidential. This yep. is a film that you picked, and yes. I, I tried, I tried watching it once before, and it just kind of got lost. I was too distracted, and I don't know what was going on. But that was years ago. I think I went through an IMDb top movies of all time, the top fifty movies of all time. Yes. And this was in it, and I was gradually working through them. Wow! And uh, I just don't, I just do not remember it at all until you know this morning. I thought actually, this is, I've been sleeping on this. It's a pretty good film. Well, you know, I do sometimes um, choose uh, little uh, golden, you know, movies here and there. I do have that habit, but yeah, most of my movies are uh, old classics, aren't they? So I mean, this is not mm. too old. Hopefully, people are not that old, uh, too young, I should say, who are following us or watching us. They were around in 97 when this movie came out. I hope they were. Yeah, well, demo, um, statistics, analytics say that we're fine. We'll be fine. <coughs> people remember this. Okay. <laughs> so the synopsis, as corruption grows in 1950s Los Angeles, three policemen, one straight-laced, one brutal, and one sleazy, investigate a series of murders with their own brand of justice. Let's go for the cast. Yes. Kevin Spacey, I don't know if you can even mention his name anymore in public through fear of being pelted with rotten vegetables and eggs. Uh, Russell Crowe plays Bud White. Yep. I thought it was Wendell. I thought his name in this was Wendell. No, it was White. Wendell was, hmm. I think, the well, there was a. I'm sure there was a character called Wendell. You're right, but I don't know which who what, who it was. Might be the chief, isn't it? Chief Wendell? No, Dudley Smith. Right. So, Russell Crowe, obviously Australian. Guy Pearce, they played Ed Exley. He was an Australian actor. Yep. So is that uh, um, James guy as well? James Cromwell. Who's he? The chief. I'm not seeing him. Oh, James Cromer, he's Australian. Yeah, I'm sure he was in Babe, you know, the pig movie? Yes, he was in that. Yes, born in Los Angeles. Born in Los Angeles? <laughs> Damn, he yeah. must be good at, really good at uh, accents because I swear up to now I thought he was uh, Australian because he was in quite a few Australian um, uh, pro uh, well, productions. How many? Well... 
Babe was one, Babe one, two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, he was in loads of them. Loads yeah, he was in fucking them. one of them. Yeah, I remember Babe, but wasn't that that was in New Zealand, wasn't it? Not not Australia. Anyway, it was down under right, so... somewhere, mate. You know, same thing. Australia, New Zealand. You know, it's somewhere down that part of the world. I'll probably I'll get so. Uh, I mean... By the way, just to uh, not insult the guys, the Kiwis. Uh, actually, Russell Crowe is from New Zealand, but he live he's lived in Australia for a very long time. Should I double check that as well? Yeah, please do in case I'm getting <laughs> anything wrong <here> tonight. <laughs> I think he was born in um, Wellington. Okay, we'll leave it at that. No, come on, you have to, you have to check it. All oh, right, okay, all right. Russell Crowe, born in Wellington, New Zealand. There you go. You're uh, correct. Thank goodness I mean, for that. I he's thought a New was... Zealander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kim Basinger is in this. Plays a high-class prostitute called Lynn Bracken. James Cromer, we just talked about, who plays the police chief, Dudley Smith. Uh, Danny DeVito plays a rather sleazy type of character. He's a news reporter, kind of like a tabloid yes, journalist, uh, whatever. David Straithan is an actor that pops up in many cameo roles in films. He, the last uh, series uh, that I remember him being in, and it was a TV series called Mac Mafia, and he did a really good acting in that. So I really like him as an actor. He's really good. Whatever part he does, and not normally it's supporting, he does a really good job of it. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's a little cast reading the synopsis. Um, I mentioned Jack in the chat, who uh, joins us on live streams, and he to pour out plenty of information for us. I'm just going to throw up some of his comments. LA Confidential was not originally going to have all three leads. They originally wanted to follow one of the characters. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. There's going to be a sequel to LA... Right, right, that. There's going to be a sequel to LA Confidential coming out of the theatres called White Jazz, and it's based on a book by James Elroy, and it won two Oscars for... Thank you for posting that, Jake, because that's one of the things I put up in my tweet thread, actually. Um, something that I've started doing once I'm um, when I'm watching a film for these yeah. movie reviews I like to run a tweet for it I ask people if they'd be interested in that and they said yes so you know true to form I'm sticking to my promises and my tweet for it I put in there let's scroll right down to the bottom here I'd be interested to see a sequel to to this, did Exley keep his word and bring down the LA police force from the inside? That movie has potential, perhaps set in the late 60s or 70s when he's due to retire, etc. If I'm thinking it, someone else has. What do you think? You can see all my comments here in the tweet thread. There's plenty of them. Yep. The link is in the video description. Well, all I can say, I don't think that much has probably changed in the... Uh, I've not say anything. I might, they might sue me. Uh... <laughs> In America, it's easy to see you for anything, even smiling at someone these days, isn't it, really? So, yeah. Well, yeah, um, the the whole L.A. police scene, um, yeah. yeah, you might have a point there because if you look at the um, look at the story between the Tories B.I.G. and the Tupac killings, yes, there was a there was a Rolling Stone article about that many many years ago about the level of corruption in the Los Angeles police force, so it's still rife. But 
Well, there you go. So well, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. But, but what do you think about this film? What I think. Um, Lincoln, yeah. Well, you know what? I can. I don't know. It's weird. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say his name, but I am going to say his name. I forgot Kevin Spacey was in it. I, you could say his one. name. I was joking, man. It's not like, <laughs> it's like summoning the devil in the mirror, calling the candy man or anything. You never know, mate. These days, mm -hmm. you know, with all these sensitive people, you never know. Uh, okay, anyway, Kevin Spacey, I forgot he was completely in it. All I remember was Russell Crowe, a Guy Pierce, and Kim Bessinger. I even didn't, I forgot Danny DeVito was in the, in the movie. And um, I loved the movie the first time I watched it. You can tell because I forgot Kevin Spacey. I've only watched it twice, and I think the last time I watched it was about 17, 18 years ago. I've got a copy, basically, a DVD of it, and I watched it on that last time, and I haven't watched it since. It's somewhere in my uh, collection, and uh, I thought, no, well, I enjoyed it when I watched it twice. Let's do this uh, for our channel uh, sort of thing, and uh, what can I say? I think it's as good as it was the first time I watched it. Uh, although it made mm. more sense, I think, this time than it did. Although it's a simple story, and I know it sounds stupid, but I probably, the first time I watched it was probably at uni when I was half drunk uh, or had some uh, kebabs or whatever at 2 o'clock in the morning, as you do as a student on a Friday. Do you want to explain what a kebab is, Samir? Do you want to explain it? Because our international audience may not know what a kebab is. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I don't know. It's a Greek or uh, uh, Middle Eastern meat dish with either chicken or beef or lamb, which is sort of finely chopped up, it's marinated. Gross. It, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, there's, you've got doner kebab, which is gross. You've got chicken shawari, which is a sandwich with all this. But yeah, it's with garlic sauce and all of that. And when you're, it's a tradition in England, when you're completely drunk and you're going out and you're a certain age, you basically have this and then you wake up and you, you, stink, you are stinking of garlic, onion and whatever in the morning. In most cases, sick as well because you throw up uh, half the time without realizing, uh, as one does. Um, Proper British culture. There you go yeah. for the international listeners and watch viewers. Uh, forget the old gentlemen, yeah. uh, you know, those, no. those you know, posh Victorians. Yeah, just yeah. women vomiting into their handbags and on night out on the drink, eat kebabs on the way home. Taking their walking on the road barefoot, taking their shoes off because of stupid high heels all night. It's just, it's disgusting, really. But anyway, anyway, uh, sorry. yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, Did... You know, Britain has gone downhill very badly, uh, but we've just com com confirmed it, and it's nothing to do with the movie. But yeah, anyway, coming but, back. Um... Yeah. Did you um, like Russell Crowe's style of policing? Uh, okay, now you've. Uh, I, was, I said something to you earlier. That's mm -hmm. quite right. reminded. I don't know if I'm going to insult you, mate. Reminded the two characters reminded me of you and me, actually, funny enough. Well, which uh, think, is the more intelligent one? But that's the thing, because I think both of us <laughs> are a mix of these two guys. <laughs> I think we're a mix, basically. I think you would be more straightforward talking than I would like Russell. One thing I have to say that I've seen that myself. You know me; I like to negotiate like a little bit, like Guy Pierce, but uh, if possible. But I think 
heart of hearts, I think both of us have got both the characters of both of those police officers. Obviously, we don't go around uh, solving cases and uh, shooting police officers who are corrupt in uh, other forces because we don't do that. But it's just a basic character. We've got, I think we know the meaning of justice and the meaning of law. That's what I'm trying to say. If right. I can put it in that way. Well, okay. After that long-winded explanation, I was going to say, yeah, I loved Russell Crowe's uh, method of policing in this. <laughs> it save the taxpayer, save the taxpayers a fuckload more money. Yeah, but the, the only thing was about it, it was uh, setting up the wrong people. <laughs> that was the only thing that I was a little bit worried about. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have mistakes every now and again. It, you know, it's going to happen. You can't can't get it right all the time, but, you know, it's for the greater good, isn't it? Yeah, why don't we say <laughs> <laughs> nine mistakes and one correct justice? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fine. Mm. You know, these things happen. <laughs> chip in. I'm going to chip in a little little uh, nugget of information from Jack again here. LA Confidential went through seven drafts of the script, and there was a try on Fox TV with Kiefer Sutherland, which shot only a pilot episode, but didn't get it didn't work. Find the episode on the Blu-ray release. Hmm. I don't think he would be. So it's going to be a confidential. So it's going to be a potentially going to be a TV show. Am I reading that right? It was a try? Or just it was a channel called Fox TV? I'm not sure. But Keith Sutherland, Keith Sutherland, yeah, yeah. I mean, that could have worked. Uh, son. Yeah, yeah. Well, that could have worked. Yeah, could have. He did twenty four, didn't he, or something like that? Oh uh, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. But he's uh, not a big movie actor. He he's a big TV actor. He never became one of those big stars like his dad. It was pretty. I'm laughing. Yeah, fucking Lost Boys in the eighties. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? He didn't. Sort of... No, I don't. Okay, so <laughs> in the eighties, yes, he was big. Like you know, Charlie Sheen. You know, there was like Charlie Sheen, Tom Cruise, him, mm. Keith Sutherland. There was three or four of them. Everyone thought they're going to be mega stars, but only one of them appeared to basically start ruling the world, and that was Tom Cruise. The others, like Charlie Sheen, if someone says, "What do you think of eighties? It was a mega star in the eighties. That's what I'll think straight away. And one movie, right. Wall Street. Although he did. The sort of comedy Rambo movies, whatever they're called, Duke, Dude, whatever they're called. Oh, Hot Shots. Hot Shots, that's it. Uh, yeah. With the Italian babe in it. Uh, but um, I mean, yeah. And it's like Keith Sutherland. I remember Lost Boys, and he did one or two cowboy movies with his uh, cousins as well. Young, young Guns. Young Guns. That was with Charlie Sheen and what's his name? The other guy. I think, oh, it might, it might be wrong. It was Keith Sutherland and Young Guns? I can't remember now. I think it was Emilio uh, anyway. and Charlie Sheen. But anyway, we're getting way off topic here. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, no, I'm not sure it would have. To me, no, I think great. You've got Guy Pierce there, great actor, Russell Crowe. It's pomp. People don't realize that was his first or second nomination as supporting actor for Oscar. Yeah, I mean, they were pretty much unknowns. Well, I'm going to say they were unknowns. They were very, they didn't have much screen time at all, Russell Crowe and Guy Pierce at the time of this film. No. And if you think about it, uh, both uh, worked in Neighbours. Uh, and mm. they were actually workmates in Neighbours as well. But the thing was, Guy Pierce stayed in there for longer, but Russell was in there for two, seat, two uh, episodes and left. So um, for the international audience, Neighbours is an Australian TV series 
It's, it's been still running, I think. It's been going on for like since the 80s. And it's just like one of the longest running TV programs in the world, I think. I don't know if you heard, but uh, I think uh, it ended on Channel 5. They ended a series and that said goodbye, that's it forever. But I think uh, Amazon bought it, or one of the big, uh, and going to revive it. Hmm. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Not a tangents tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like the fact that this film is in the 50s. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I realised that the first time I tried watching it. I don't think I really was paying much attention. But there's some some of the architecture in this place and the scenery in that. Yeah. And it, it, I just think to myself, Christ, I, I think I would have really loved to have lived in America at that time, the 1950s. You've got that post-war boom. Yes, it's really America's just like that. It's just taking off. It just but looks amazing, doesn't it? Yeah, it there, there's one particular one particular scene in that where you've got you know the guy that's running the um, the prostitutes that look like that are made up to look like actresses. Yes, where I think it's Russell Crowe's character pays him a visit. Yes, and he's on one of those. He's in one of those LA houses that is built into the hill, so actually the, the property actually goes down a slope. So you've got to go yes. down into the property. Those they look fucking amazing. Those houses. Yeah. They're probably still there, mate. Uh, oh, they are. They are still yeah. there. Yeah, they are. All propped up on stilts and that on the side of a hill. But they look absolutely amazing. I'd, I'd love to go around one of those houses. If, if our channel was big enough, buy one, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I that's the problem. Yeah, I wouldn't go to LA if you paid me now. Because it's absolute fucking hellhole, LA. What's happened to that since well, the old COVID pandemic? It's just gone to complete shit. Yep, I know what you're saying there. Yeah, but yeah, it looks really good. And you know uh, what the, I liked about that scene was how they sort of gave him that that stylish tesh of the fifties sort of thing, and the trousers, the flary trousers that people used to wear, uh, and the t-shirt. I love the style, basically what they did to all of them, actually, especially Kevin Spacey, uh, his white uh, sort of um, blazer and his ties. With those mm. sort of lovely patterns, I really liked all that stuff. Yeah, it would be quite mm. interesting time to actually live in America, fifties, and I think probably throughout uh, the mid up to the mid sixties. I think America had that so called magic feeling, but it was mm. economy booming and everyone, you know, different things were happening. And I think this is sort of beginning of that period sort of thing. This movie, mm. that's what I like about yeah. it. It's still that innocence, but you could tell that things were creeping in, openness and stuff like that. Um, but like pornography being... <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, whoever uh, did that. <laughs> what? Oh, I don't know. I heard something in the background. Um, mm. uh, it must be the audience. Uh, so, yeah. So things like... Uh, Gay sex was illegal, and that's why the Attorney General wasn't doing anything of California because he was getting bribed. And also uh, porn, which was like, okay, nowadays people don't say, oh, yeah, can't be that big deal. But people don't realise how conservative Western countries were in those days. It's not like now uh, where it's in your face, that sort of thing. And that's why this story was about that and drugs as well. Yeah, vice vice squad. Yeah. Vice squad, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't deny Spacey's acting 
in in everything he's done. I can't think of a yeah. bad thing he's been in. He just knocks it out of the park, that guy. I mean, what a fall from grace, though. I mean, it's stupid, well, really. The, the uh, alleged allegations against him, and it is a damn shame. He's an absolutely phenomenal actor. So brilliant. so calm and, and so calm and natural in front of a camera. It just yeah. flows. He, he just brings a certain something to every character that he's played, I think. Yeah, he does. He does. And um, I'm quite surprised he wasn't nominated for Oscar in this because I think he did, if not as good, but better job than even um, Russell Crowe, who was nominated for Supporting Actor. Uh, there. And I think, um, i tell you one character really annoyed me this film. It was Danny DeVito's actor acting, hmm. uh, or his character. But then again, Danny DeVito is one of these people who uh, basically sort of annoy you in every movie. I mean, he's in Twins. He annoys me in that. He's in uh, The only time he doesn't annoy me when he played Penguin in Batman 2. Uh, hmm. But I suppose <laughs> it was him in disguise. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, twins, Junior, or whatever else he was in. Uh, yeah. Texas well, himself. Yeah. That's, that's uh, what it, I think. I think if you was to meet Danny DeVito, he would be obviously <clears throat> Danny DeVito. And you think, well, I've watched a load of films with him in. I, I feel like I know Danny DeVito. He just, it just doesn't seem to have anything else. He's not a very dynamic actor. No, I've got a feeling that uh, me and him wouldn't be in the same room for more than five minutes. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, he kicks shit out of you, wouldn't he? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so get this fucking smear out of there. I'm going to beat the shit out of him. All right, Danny, we'll get rid of him. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah through the window using his head or just through the door? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because we and him wouldn't be able to stand each other, I think. Uh no, I just can't actually, stand it. I don't. I don't. I've got nothing against him at all. I think. No, 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 I, really. I, I always thought that he was quite funny, and um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. His character, and that's pretty good. But yeah. um, I, I, we never really found out what happened to him. We always we assume that he got executed and buried somewhere, but it was never. No, no, the unless I office. missed something. Yeah, you did. He did miss it. Damn. He hasn't been watching this movie. I think he didn't watch all of this movie, guys. Well, I saw Come him. Come on. Like, <laughs> he was tied to the chair. Yeah. And they were beating him for information. And then Russell Crowe's character went ape shit after he learned about Exley and um, the girlfriend, the prostitute, Kim Basinger. And then after that, you've got the police chief and another one of the detectives holding him down. And that's it. It cuts to Russell Crowe's character. So, you know, the actual chief of police wears his leather glove and puts it over his mouth and goes, hush, hush. Uh, yeah. yeah. So in the next two scenes or few scenes, Crowe goes to his office and the police are there and he's found dead, basically, in his office. Right. OK. So he was... Yeah. Right. OK. I missed that then, obviously. Um Okay. You probably went for a loop break and you kept the film on. No, I think, uh, unfortunately, it's one of the things with these Twitter threads that I'm doing is that I'm kind of doing that and look at the film and doing, uh, you know, so 
you know, something's yeah. might slip every now and again, which is a shame. Okay, I might have to go back and look at that then because I was quite glad that his character got pounding. Yeah, uh, yeah, because if you think about it, all of them were in partnership, him, the chief police, and the porn guy, they were basically, and they were got rid of Mickey Cohen, uh, the mafia guy, and took over the records. And really, all of them were together because he was getting uh, close. I saw Quayle's character was getting close. He had to kill him because uh, in case he opened his big mouth. So he had to kill uh, Danny DeVito's uh, character to keep him hush-hush, as they used to call the magazine Hush-Hush Magazine. Uh, okay, coming now back to Kim Bessinger. Um, okay. What can I say? I'm doing another movie, as you know, review. And as I said to you, she looks to me. She looks like she's aged. Still a beautiful lady. Don't get me all uh, wrong. Stunning lady. Um, yeah, but yeah, you could tell that she was the woman who was going to seduce half of the police force and half of LA. The way she was acting and the way she was looking at people. But the thing was, I noticed, and it just might be uh, uh, me being a little bit. I, I observe how people dress. And it was another second movie which was in that sort of time frame that I've done where they've made women wear tops or dresses without no bars. So you could actually see Kim Bessinger's nipples and tits. And you thought, okay, it's basically saying to us, look, making it obvious, spelling it out, she's a prostitute, this is what they do. And I really didn't need to know know that. I already knew that from the way she was acting. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, the other one is much more better, you know, it's more open about these things, you know, uh, if she's 10 years younger or 15 years younger, whatever it may be, but yeah, I think it, she played the character well. Mm. Uh, she acted like she was from that time, the hair was like from that time, the way it was swaved or curled, or whatever you call it, red lips. Yeah, I, 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 I always think it's like a you know, like a Lego man, a Lego yeah. figure, you put uh, yes. on the hair. Yeah, that's what it's like. They don't move. Right. That's what I think of when I see that yeah. sort of fifties hair. The amount of product, the amount of spray that that must have Even taken. You know, that's that's what damaged the ozone layer. Yeah, and now they're blaming us, aren't they? Our generation, we can't have any fun. Thanks, guys. I don't know how much uh, fun you had with fucking deodorants and hairspray, mate, but, you know, it wasn't... Yeah, but, but what about... I know that, but that means I can't get the 1950s or 60s Ferrari I might want when I'm a millionaire, which is not likely to happen, but I'm just saying, you know, you know those models, I love those classic cars, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't have that much fun with hairspray, as you can tell. Mm. <laughs> Nothing to enjoy. Um, but, yeah. She did really good acting. But what I found interesting in those scenes, she was having sex with loads of men, but her hair didn't mess up. And that's what annoyed me a <laughs> little bit. Because I thought it would be, you know, a little bit messy and a bit of uh, product, natural product in her hair as well with some of these guys, you know. Depends. It depends how vigorous it was, doesn't it, really? I mean, I can't imagine prostitutes really getting into it that much. Just kind no, of lying no. there, like just lying there, like a sack of old washing. Yeah, for Queen and Country, <laughs> as we say, <laughs> taking one for Queen and Country or King and Country. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. of the facts from Jack: uh, the shootout in the film is taken from the book "The Big Nowhere," another book by James Elroy. So, so 
I thought the LA Confidential was actually based on a book. I didn't realize that they were kind of mix and matching stuff. But um, it is a good, it's a good point you brought up. Um, the shootout scene in this absolutely brilliant. I felt yes. But you know what? I like the shootout scene. You know where they killed those three young black guys. Yes. And that shootout scene was pretty interesting. But when told told me that all of the city was just rotten to the core was when uh, Guy Pierce's uh, character was rolling out the actual victim and goes, turns around and goes, they actually didn't do anything to me. But this was the only way to get any ju- uh, proper justice for a poor Mexican lady, a girl, or uh, being whatever held by them. And I thought, so you mm. got a person who was actually told to do that. So everything from the beginning was set up, and it was corruption on corruption. Blimey. Wow, that, that that's what also made this film more interesting. Yeah, but everyone got what they deserved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> true. Well, but America hasn't changed much, end. has it? Well, no, not really. It never fucking changes. Things just get a bit more technical, you know, yeah. a bit yeah. more, just more layers of bullshit on top. That's all. More layers, yeah. more layers of, of obscurity. And Jack mentions Kim Basinger here. Uh, Kim Basinger is great in the film, and was another yeah. great film that she's in both Batman '89. Never Say Never Again, 1983. I quite like Never Say Never Again, I have to admit. Yeah, and she's quite hot in that. Yeah. The Nice Guys, never seen it. 2016, no, fairly recent. Uh, another, so, Jack, have you seen Nine and a Half Weeks? Because she's nice in Jack, that as well. Jack's too young for such things. Uh, my apologies, Jack, if you are. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watch seen it. that film. As I was saying to you earlier, I haven't even seen Nine and a Half Weeks, actually. I can imagine it's really cringeworthy. Actually. Well, I've done, yeah, I've done notes on it, loads of notes in the first 20 minutes. You could tell that it's going to be another one and a half, two hours of lots of fun. Mm. That's what I'm going to say. Well, on that bombshell, let's take a <laughs> quick break. Let's, let's take a quick break, gather our thoughts. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back after this short message. So stay tuned. Sorry for the interruption. Why not like and subscribe to the channel? It really helps the channel out and it shows YouTube's algorithm that people might actually like our content. I've got no evidence to back that up, but you know, I'm just guessing that some of you like it. We also have a link to Patreon. I'll put it in the video post-production somewhere over here and it's in the description to this video. We'd really appreciate the help. We've got subscription tiers as low as £5 a month. I don't know what the conversion is in US dollars. Uh, you figure it out. But We'd uh, appreciate all the help that we can get. Thank you. Let's get on with the video, whatever it was. News, read, movie review, I don't know, whatever. See you later. <laughs> Conversion, well, $3.50 or 80 roughly. Is it? Okay. Um, so coming back to Kim Basinger, um, yeah. her character in this, with, with the, the Exley character, that... <laughs> I didn't really understand why he broke because Exley is kind of this kind of moral crusader. He's a stand-up, never does anything wrong. Probably wipes his ass with the, the exact name, exact number same of length tissue, tissue bits length. of yeah, yeah. That's it. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, same length yeah. of toilet paper every time. Yeah. Only you know, he does it three times. 
but yet there he is. He's in the presence of this 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 prostitute, and all of a sudden he just kind of snaps. He just and and jumps her. So can I just ask you a question then? If Kim Bessinger was there and you were there, or anyone signing like that, and she goes on oh, fuck man for a living and gives you that eye, and you and you know she's attractive, would you break or not break? That's the question you need to ask yourself. I personally wouldn't break. I mean, it'd be tempting, definitely, but I suppose at the right if it's current age, yeah, we're both in our forties. Okay, take like, it easy. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's too much on the line for this. There's yes. way too much on the line. If I shank, if I if I do have sex with this woman, I know that there's far too much on the line. Could totally ruin my career. Um, so no, with you know, with a level at you know, aging head, I'd say no. But if I was like you know, in my Mary late twenties, early thirties, I'd be jumping all over it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think that's what he was. He was in his twenties, uh, wasn't he? Uh, or early thirties. Yeah, he's yeah. They mentioned it because if you remember, they said your father made an inspector at thirty-three. You're thirty, so yeah, he was at that age. Uh, mm. And you're right. Yeah, both of us would have loads of, to lose, like career-wise um, and other things. Maybe personal in your sense, personal life. I'm 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 happy and free, but even then, I don't think I want to go around making oh, well having sex with Kim no. Bessinger, Eric Baldwin, Mike. Kill me. Oh, shit. I shouldn't say that. Sorry. I'll withdraw that after the case. He's uh, got, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. That is an interesting one. That he's, yeah, it looks like it could get done. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so it was just a bit of a strange moment for me, that part of the film. I was a little bit like, mm, you know, would that have happened? Would he have done it? He's such this kind of upstanding kind of law enforcement. I guess everyone's got to break it down again. There's, there's, there's some people won't break. They just won't break, and then there are people who will break within five seconds. So, unfortunately, that was one of his weaknesses, and I knew that, and he broke. Uh, hmm. I thought he wouldn't break. I thought he would just look at it and go, yeah, right. Let's get it and do a Russell Crowe and slapper, give a backhander and go, no, give me the information. Hmm. I thought that was going to be the actual scene, really, from uh, the, the, the way they got close to each other. 1950s men, eh? Yeah. I didn't realise Danny DeVito was taking photographs and having a uh, sort of bashing of a bishop on the, uh, in the background as well. Uh, was he? Was he actually? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Uh... Well, why not, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, it, 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 as I said, it threw me, that one. Um but Russell Crowe giving Kim Basinger's character that story about her mother being beaten to death. Yeah. And then he turns up on her doorstep and in a fit of rage ends up hitting her quite... I mean, it's a closed fist as well, I think, in one of them. Yeah, he was going to um, get close to a punch and then he stops. I'm going to do yeah. a Justin there about the scene. Did you notice, like... Outside where he's part of like it's raining and where he stood, it's raining. But if you look closely behind it, it's sunny in the next garden next door, right? So, and that like a, yeah, just has something just drop it, yeah, faking yeah. rain. Yeah. Someone with their you know, uh, garden uh, water uh, cans basically doing the rain, and you and I thought, no, you should have done something in the background as well because it's 35 degrees, you can tell. Look, there's the sun there. Well, 
Los Angeles, it doesn't rain very often at all, does it? In LA? No, not really. No, it's probably one of the driest uh, cities in the world, or something no, like that. Yeah, well, it's pretty much built in a desert. It's yeah. crazy. They get they ship all their water in. Well, I say ship it all in. They just pump it all in, don't they? It's crazy to think that there's so much population in Los Angeles, considering that it's essentially a desert. Yeah, and I need that. Um, <clears throat> and I know everyone talks about the movie stars. Uh, it's not. It's not one of those cities that if you're a movie star, you would actually live in. I mean, the show it is glamorous. Like what you were saying, you know, the headlines in the beginning goes. Uh, mm. Oh, this, this, and this, and then he says, "Well, it's uh, pretense." Well, LA is really like that. I think it is a pretense. I think there's not much to it really, except it's not official glamour. Their shows. It's probably got. Well, have you have you seen it recently? Like that's sort of the post-pandemic stuff. No, I haven't seen it recently, but I've been there twice and I didn't like it. I saw um, uh, a clip from uh, a news station over there and. It's on. It's by the train tracks, and there's just boxes and you know cardboard and everything just all over the train tracks, where um, during the lockdowns and stuff, people were actually robbing the trains. So Amazon packages and stuff were being ripped and ripped apart and taken out of the trains, and it's just litter scattered as far as the eye can see across train tracks. It's complete lawlessness wow. over there in Los Angeles, and you've got um, what's the name of the homeless place there? Uh, Bucks. I can't remember the name of it now, but there's like a, a, a dedicated name where sort of homeless people tend to congregate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just grown. There's just tents everywhere. It just keeps growing and growing. So now it's invading all the suburbs where the rich people live. And so property values sink in like a stone. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad news in Los Angeles. Well, um, those... anyway, you know what? That goes very much into the next point I like to make about all the guys who look like famous actors and actresses or, or were basically given plastic surgeries. They actually came to LA uh, exactly for the things you're talking about, what those guys who are probably nicking Amazon parcels for dreams to come true. And unfortunately, quite a lot of people have gone there and dreams have not happened. They've ended up just being waiters or begging on the street and not become stars or ended up uh, in the, uh, in those days, illegal porn industry. Um great economy but now uh yeah that's what happens to people unfortunately the city of angels actually becomes a city of nightmares for quite a few people and this story was about that essentially a totally off topic but um yeah have you heard heard of the case of the, of the black dahlia yes i have it was a 1950s case wasn't it or early 1953 so. or 55 or something like that uh no late 40s actually late 40s okay I've heard yeah, of it. Which, yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of a, a case of a woman went to Los Angeles to try and find fame and fortune and uh, ended up dead. Just she was mutilated. So oh. lovely. The, the, left, in full, uh, left in full display as well. You can actually do like tour in LA and you can actually go and visit the place where, you know, the body was actually found. And it's just okay. like the housing housing now whereas beforehand it was just a big open field so it wasn't a case Mm. where jack the ripper basically did time traveling or something like that Mm. no okay Mm. anyway uh similar case like that was you know the original superman from the 40s and 50s tv program that's also a open case and they've made a movie about it and it's similar to this it's mysterious they don't know exactly what's happened there 
So I think it's similar to that case or connected to the case you've just mentioned or something. I might be getting confused, but I know, yeah, that was another case in LA. Was, um, was any of this based on a true story? I mean, Jack might know a little bit about this actually in the chat. Jack, if you're still watching, <coughs> mate, you, was any of this based on a true story or was the, the author, was he connected to the police and had sort of insider information? Because there was a lot about this film that was seemed to be wrote like it was by people in the know. I got the feeling that, you know, maybe closely linked to police in some way or may have worked to the police or had family in the police or... Well, don't forget, um, they had a moral code in America and a lot of it did happen, like, um, when they used drugs and stuff like that, there was all that moral stuff, uh, I think, and it was Hollywood sort of code but it was there was no morals actually between stars and all these people really uh and corruption yes normally it's associated with um new york uh mm. police well, that reminds me of something actually in this film there's two yeah. scenes in this where they're beating they're, they're beating someone mm-hmm. and they're saying go home sonny go home because they're like from new york or new jersey yes so <coughs> they're just trying to beat people into going back to the East Coast. So I'm guessing at that time then, you know, people from the East Coast that were starting to migrate to the West Coast because they saw it as a, an opportunity for, for rich pickings, I suppose. So what it was, uh, it was Mickey Cohen and the Mafia, basically, or the Jewish Mafia who were trying to run things, and they were part of that. So they came from New Jersey, New York, and the police at the time were trying to take over all this stuff. So they were beating them up and saying, we know why you're here. You want the prostitution. You want the... Uh, drugs trade. No, the police are going to handle it, or the chief of police and the porn, the porn guy and Hush Hush magazine were going to basically run that records uh, after kicking Cohen out. But I'm sure if it was one of the five families, I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't have run out of LA that easily. They probably would have uh, overpowered the police in that sense. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's what it was. They were trying to make it. Uh, make LA look cleaner than any other city and the city where dreams come true sort of stuff hmm. here's a question then who would you rather have organised crime run by? Actual organised criminals like the mafia etc or <laughs> the police I'm going to answer that in a very complex way and it's going to be two seconds, well it'll be two, one minute killing people on the streets with a bullet it's bad. But once the actual uh, people who are going to protect you or the criminals bring in corruption into anything, into the system, that is even more dangerous than one bullet because that means everything's going to fall apart. And this means I would rather have none of them rule it because it doesn't matter who rules it, there's always going to be corruption. So you can't win even if the police are running it or even the mafia, they're going to, it's all about this and that's it. Mm -hmm. So we lose either way. So the answer is we're in big shit. So it doesn't matter who runs it. So it's a very hard question to answer. Mm. That's my answer to your question in a complicated way. I suppose if, if the police are running organized crime, then there's still going to be some level of ethics, some code about it rather than just rather than just some thugs on the street that are going to have no kind of uh, 
Because the police, it doesn't matter what country, the police, yeah. once one of their own gets killed, they all group together. It's a brotherhood. It's like a fraternity. It's like, it's like a, a Masonic lodge in some way. You know, you are subscribing to so like a brotherhood. So yeah. any police officer gets killed, all of the police are like, right, that's it, we're having them. And they'll go all out. But but you see, in the old days, I mean, modern gangsters will kill anyone in the public. In the old days, they had morals in the sense it was only gangsters kill gangsters, people in that business. Modern times is completely different. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that they wanted to make sure that the mafia in L.A., and they did it. Yeah, so a comment from Jack that I thought was uh, relevant to what we were talking about. Uh, they wanted to make yeah. sure that Matthew in LA, and they, they make sure that there was no Matthew in LA, and they did a movie showing LAPD fighting the mob called Gangster Squad from 2013. I think I may have seen that. That's with, what's his name in it? Uh, wasn't uh, Tom Hardy in that? I was thinking that, actually, yeah. Gangster Squad might be Tom Hardy. I think I've seen it, and I don't think I particularly enjoyed it very much. It was a bit... And I think Thingy was in it, Christian Slater, I think, wasn't it, as no, well? No, no, completely None of wrong. We're thinking of a different film. Okay. Another film you're thinking of. Um, Sean Penn, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, uh, Giovanni Riblisi, okay. Holt McCallany, Wade Williams. Yeah. So, no, totally different film. I know the film you're thinking about, and I was thinking the exact same film, although yeah. I can't actually remember what the name of it is. But, yes, Tom Hardy one, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Tom Hardy in Capone? He, he started yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. I've, I've got that film. I still have not seen it. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that one day. Yeah, so you're right. Sometimes the police, yeah, you think they're controlled, but the problem is it's about all about money. And when it becomes about money, that's the time when no one people lose their morals. Not everyone's like that, but a lot of people wouldn't lose their morals. Hmm. There's another scene I've, I've just thought of, actually, and that's mm -hmm. where um, Bud White, Russell Crowe's character, goes to the office where Exley is, and he's <laughs> just stood there furious yep. at what he's found out. And he's throwing him across the office and beating him, and and Exley's saying, Look, stop, think, stop, stop, think. We've been set up here. And... Um, once White stopped beating him, I got the impression that his character always knew that he wasn't actually gonna gonna do any serious harm to him. It's like this kind of ration this new sort of rationality that he discovered throughout the film. So yes. he just it felt to me like he just needed to get that out of his system and say, Right, now what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it was just like I need to punch him a few times and that's it. I'll be okay after that. I'm not going to yeah. kill him or anything like that. And I think he already knew he was being set up as well. Yeah, well, he was digging into the case, wasn't he? Because something wasn't adding up. And no. I th actually, it's just dawned on me now thinking about that. All three characters, all three major characters in this film grew in yeah. the film. You had... Vicenz or Vic I can't what, Kevin Vincent, Spacey's was character. It, was it Vincent or um, Vincenzi or something like that? Vincenz, uh, Vincenz, Vincenz's character. So Jack Vincenz, Kevin Spacey's character. He's loving the limelight. He's getting paid for information. He's getting paid for publicity shots and stuff. And 
and giving information to Hollywood actors and stuff about how the police operate. And he's loving that. But then he goes for like a, a change of character as well, where he actually, you see him looking at that $50 bill that he's earned. And he just ends up leaving it at the bar and going early to that motel to go and talk that disgraced actor yeah. Out of yeah, doing some sort of homosexual thing with the um, is it senator or governor or whatever? Yeah, he was a DA uh, district attorney. Yeah, so he had a change of heart, which is yeah. why he worked with Exley. Um, Exley was yeah, very upstanding, moral type of person. He then broke with the the prostitute. He then also shot people and yes. hit a few people as well, which is something that he was didn't want to do. No. And Russell Crowe's character, he changed in the fact he wasn't just this heavy police brute that would just go and beat confessions out of people. He started to change as well. So all three characters evolved yeah. throughout the whole of this film. You know what the chain thing was? Uh, they killed uh, Kevin Spacey's character. Because I think he was growing. He was getting better, I think. Like the, throughout the movie, his acting was getting better. His character was getting better as well. And I thought, ah, when they killed him, I thought, oh, shit, they've killed the guy who I was really enjoying watching on screen at yeah. that moment. I thought he was the best out of the three. I agree with you. Yeah. But also I think it needed to happen. Yeah. Because I think this could have been Kevin Spacey's movie. Yeah. Easily could uh, have been Kevin Spacey's movie. So I think, yeah, killing him off when they did. It's pressing disguise for us, otherwise we might have not been able to able to uh, cover this movie if it was his movie. So yeah. Well, you, the Italians love him. Can't get enough Kevin Spacey, can they? Did you yeah. did you hit, read about that, Kevin Spacey? He's been given an award in Has in he? uh yeah, in Rome, Italy. They had a like a little ceremony and stuff and he was invited and they gave him an award. I can't yeah. remember the full details of it now. But yeah, he's still out there. I mean, it's only allegations against him at the moment. Obviously, he's denying them and stuff, and it will be fought out in court, and lots of money will be spent. But um, yeah. he's not completely blacklisted yet. You never know. He might all come out as complete lies, and he'll just have this uh, big explosion in his career later on in his life. Who knows? Yeah, it's a shame uh, he's going through what he's going through. But yeah, great actor, and that's all I can say at the moment, but uh, we can say till everything's over. That um, coming back to that shootout, yeah. I put on my Twitter thread here that um, it's instinctive to watch. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is if you've got a film with a lot of gunplay in it, put it on and then do what, you, do what most people do sit on their tablet, on their phone, and the, the film's playing in the background. But as soon as that gunfight comes on, everyone is just like, Hmm, what's happening? Looking at the TV. Yeah, yeah, looking at the TV. It's it's instinctive. I yeah. realised that today. Why are you doing and that? You, yeah, you, you can't take your eyes off of it. When there's gunfights, when there's gunshots going on, you're just immediately just drawn to it. It must be some sort of instinctive thing, you know, because yeah. even though it's not real, it's, you're not actually there, it's not happening, there's still a, an instinct that's like, shit, I better pay attention here in case I get shot. Or so this... <laughs> And to say violence and sex sells doesn't on TV or on a big screen. 
And that you're mm. right. So you, if there's, a, as you know, if there's a sex scene, people just go, oh, what's going on? If there's a shooting scene, like you just said, they'll go, oh, bloody hell, what's going on? So, yeah, I think they, they've got the marketing right, haven't they? Uh, the people in Hollywood, they're the two main things that actually sell. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, which way you want to look at it. Um, there was another scene that really... Thank goodness I had my breakfast beforehand, not at the time. Uh, you know, the uh, the prostitute uh, who got killed in the diner with the police officer, his ex-partner. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to her mum's house and he goes, uh, why are you blocking that door? And he smells and he goes, yeah, he thinks like he's yeah. a rat. And he goes down then, that dead body's rotting away. Mate, I'm telling you, I, I, I wouldn't be going down there with that smell, even with a handkerchief. I know he was using it to make sure his mouth and breathing was blocking the smell, but I would probably throw up. Well, that's why you're not a police officer, Smith. See, police officers, no. they've got to do that, do that naturally, want to find out, naturally inquisitive, just go and do these things because they want to know. Yeah, that's why I'm a presenter on this instead, really. Yeah, you're right. Well, um, Jack says that he enjoyed the shootout in this, yeah. Uh, top 10 is, is, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, it's certainly memorable. I don't know about top 10, but it certainly is memorable because it's just very well done. Yeah. And it's it's that kind of that last stand thing as well, isn't it? There's only two of them. There's a whole bunch of them out there, and they're just being very tactical with it as well. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's really well done. Yeah. Uh, hmm. But uh, going back to that body scene, it's funny how... Bud White leaves him, and Guy Pierce's character actually takes him to the morgue. Interesting. He takes the money out uh, and gives it to that lady's mum, $100 or whatever, on the police, uh, LAPD police department. I thought that's yeah. evidence. Normally, you don't take that out, do you? I don't know. Well, yeah, but you can't you can't think of this in modern context. The 50s is obviously very different. I mean, yeah. they had fing- fingerprinting stuff and that then, but... It wasn't it, the technology and all that kind of stuff, and it just wasn't as advanced as it is now. So, taking right. somebody's wallet is probably the most instinctive thing you could do to find out who they were. Right. Um, the fact that there's money in it, they're not going to give a shit, are they? In that day no. and age, you don't have to ask um, them, yeah, really. Yeah, but, but, no. do you mind if I take that money? Yeah, yeah. Mm. but the mother's but I think the reason, go on. I'll say that mother's a little bit strange, and you thought hey, her daughter's so good looking, and she's like one of these Whoa, all sort of wrinkled out and well, really well, should be age genetics, yeah, genetics yeah. from the father's side, maybe. Maybe, but um, yeah, I've completely, <laughs> lost, my, I completely lost my train of thought now. I had a point I was going to make. Oh, that was it about Bud White's character not taking yeah. the body in because he yeah. knew that it would have slowed it, uh, slowed the whole thing down. Okay. It's not the sort of police detective that he is. He wanted to dig deeper into you know what was going on. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that he was the sort of person that probably would have called it in when he got to the office and said, Right, we need to go and deal with this. Yeah. Um, but you know, he at the moment is so he just wanted to go to the next thing and the next stage, next stage, next stage to try and learn more. Um yeah. it wasn't top of his priority, it wasn't done by the book. Because it's no. not the sort of police detective that he was, he did things off the book, off the record. Whereas and, uh, Exley's character was all about procedure, wasn't it? Yep, it was. And I think uh, I would love to see The White City, if they're going to, that's a sequel as well, and see, does he manage to uh, 
get rid of corruption or as, uh, or as much as possible. Yeah, I would like to see a sequel to this as well. I think it'd be a good follow. I don't don't know if you could do it with the same characters or not. I mean, maybe you could actually. I mean, Russell Crowe still still kicking about in Hollywood, isn't he? And uh, Guy Pearce, he's still, and they're not dead, are they? They're old, so, though. They're getting older. Yeah, uh, but, but it's the characters older as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so that would work. I think work quite well. Yeah. All right, let's let's wrap it up then. Shall we just leave it there? Yeah. Um, unless you've got any other points you want to bring in, Samir? No, all I'm going to say, loved uh, the costume and uh, the set setup oh. of the movie or the setting of the movie, and that's it really. Uh, really good movie, uh, basic. It's back to back to basics, and I think that's what Hollywood needs to get back to get back to basics and really do things well. Well, this shirts. film, this film was, it was just an entertaining film based in the time in the, in the fifties. It but, there's no identity politics forced in there's no right. none of that nonsense none of that modern day wokery bullshit it was just an entertaining film yeah exactly and that's it every character had their good points and, and bad points and just enjoyed it for a piece of entertainment yeah so yeah it's pretty good all around yeah. so go ahead and put a score on it i'm gonna give it an eight an eight okay yeah, it's just as I said, simple to the point. Uh, none of uh, these uh, political messages. Uh, it's actually talking about what. Actually, what is amazing about all these movies? They're showing America not in a great light. To be honest with you. Uh, but then again, there's been two cases in New York police police forces. There've been sort of cases in other places where the mafia or the police have been so corrupt that they've got away with murder. And even to this day, uh, uh, things are probably happening and have happened that they've got away with because of corruption. Uh, so in that sense, mm. they hit a nerve of the mm. American uh, essence uh, of the wrong side, the dark side of uh, America and LA and Hollywood. And that's why I liked it. And, but it was just a, also the style of the uniforms, the actual suits, uh, the women that looked so elegant. Didn't, don't, didn't make no difference if there were famous actresses or prostitutes, uh, high-end call girls, I should say, or porn stars. All of them looked elegant. Hmm. Yes. I like the kebab, eat kebab eaters of the modern world. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a damn shame. And Well, look at me. I'm wearing a baseball cap and a t-shirt it's hardly you know it's hardly the high class is it but yeah i mean everything was different back then when it people were more stylishly dressed people had a bit more self self self-awareness and self-esteem it wasn't like i'll wear what i want oh you know you you need to accept me as i am oh piss off no why don't you make an effort maybe people treat you differently I think we should wear formal suits next time we do this because we just said how, you know, admiring all this and then I'm in a hoodie and you got a cap on, mate. Yeah. We look, you know, we look like uh, gangsters, uh, modern-day gangsters, mate. Hmm. Well, I am giving this an 8 out of 10 as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I liked it because, it, yeah, it was engaging. I like the character arcs. I like the fact that the characters evolve during the film. I like the fact that this particular time in history is presented, the 1950s, you know, they've got the beautiful cars. I love the architecture in this as well. Some of the, the, the houses and stuff that they that showed in this film is absolutely phenomenal. I just love to you know, experience one of those properties. 
Um, yeah, and it's just generally a time, I think, that you have that boom period in America, the 1950s, yeah. the post, post-war era and stuff, when the economy was on the up. Detroit was still making cars. You know, that sort of – it's just something almost magical about it. It's kind of – I find myself almost pining for an era that I was never part of. Things seemed yeah. so much simpler then. You know? I think, yeah, and, I know what you're saying, yeah. yeah. And that's it's where it comes good. from. I think it's uh, probably like if uh, people, I know it's a different country and a different system, but it's probably like how China was is now, booming, economy booming and stuff like that, and how Japan was in the 70s and 80s where it was booming. And America was going through that phase after the Second World War. And uh, I know what you're saying. Very simple lifestyle. Uh, no, none of these phones or gadgets or any of that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, as a final thing, um, here's the Rotten Tomatoes score. Critics, 99%. Well, they are. And That's... the viewer ratings, 90. the audience score, 94%. Um, wow. It's actually up there. Ratings-wise, is up there with films like Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Apocalypse Now, wow. Platoon, Unforgiven. Yeah, okay. so it's really high up there in terms of ratings. A 99% bloody um, critic score. Mad. Yeah, it's a critic movie. You should think about it. That's the sort of movies the critics would love. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Jack gives it a 9 out of 10. Oh, well done, Jack. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, well, let's leave it there. Thanks for um, thanks for joining us, everybody. And um, thank you to all the new subscribers that have been joining us recently. Hopefully you'll come across and watch the movie reviews and the news stuff that I do, the, the new Rough Cuts format that we're trying at the moment. Plenty of content on the channel for new subscribers to get into. We've got a rather large back catalogue as well. We've got about two years' worth of back catalogue stuff that people can watch. Go on. I was going to say, I'm doing something new as well. Um we're just going to experiment. It might work, it might not, but uh, title music uh, about how you feel. So it'll be me talk, describing something such as the Zulu music, and then I will expect you to also the audience or the public who watched that video to tell me how they feel about it because I know how I feel when I hear the Zulu music. Title okay. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. New yeah. piece of content there, new idea from Samir, so we'll see how it goes. Right, well, not much left for me to say then, apart from uh, we'll see you again soon. So it's good night from me. And good night from me. All right then, you're enjoying the video, are you? Have you liked and subscribed? Probably not. Well, there's a shock. But I tell you what, if you do like this, then why not like and subscribe, eh? Why not break the habit of a lifetime and actually help us out? Anyway, let's f***ing get on with it, shall we?